sit down. Thank you. Sit. That is, that is so weird when people do that. <laughs> like, no pressure, no pressure. She walks on water, drives out devils. No pressure, no pressure. You know, I was only 15 when Pastor Kevin met me. <laughs> And I'm going to come to the encounter and get rid of lying. <laughs> so, actually, we are going to try to bring our church to your next encounter. Um, I, I know what it does. I have friends in Canada that have been doing this, and it's totally transformed not only uh, their church, but it's transformed them as ministers. And um, I, I know that y'all understand that there are areas of South Carolina that do not flourish like Charleston. And, and we happen to be in one of those areas. Um, USA Today said that Sumter, South Carolina is the most unemployed city per capita in the nation. And that was when everything was good. So, but I did pray and I knew that somehow we would get this encounter into our people. And um, you're just a stone's throw down the street and... We'll pack up the white bread and the peanut butter. Come on, and uh, put 50 people in a room. But we're going to be here, and uh, we're going to we're going to see what God's going to do in our lives. I, I just am so encouraged about where this church is going. And um, if my face um, cramps up from smiling, it's not bad. I smiled in my sleep all night long. I didn't really sleep, but I rested happy. Do y'all know what I'm saying? And when I talked to my husband last night. Um, he said, well, how you doing? What's going on? I said, James, this is the best weekend I think I've had in the last century. I, I, I am so excited. I know that just told you that I wasn't 15 when he met me, right? So I am pre-Civil War though, <clears throat> but, but, um, I have a hope. I have a dream about a pure move of God. And, uh, and, and to have a pure move of God, you have to have a pure people of God. And by no means that th does that mean that we are flawless, but I think that our hearts need to be so after God that whatever we need to shift, whatever we need to change, we really want to do it. I, I want a, a church family somewhere on the planet to actually look like Jesus. You know, and that's not about being self-righteous at all. In fact, in order to do that, you will come to places of total dependence upon him. And that's, that's a dangerous word in the USA today. Because the one thing that we do not want to do or be is totally dependent on anything or anyone. And, um, but anyway, that, this is not a downer kind of service. I actually... Um, was surprised with a prophetic word um, that the Lord just assembled on me very quickly. I will tell you that God makes you look smarter than you are. And when things start coming into you, it sounds so good. I have said several times, I wish I had thought of that. That is so good. But um, on my way to church, um, late December, it was after Christmas, but probably a few days before um, January 1, and for whatever reason, um, it's like when the, the year ends and the new year begins, we kind of regather ourselves and we just refocus ourselves. Are, are y'all like that? And um, actually, my new year always, always, and it's been this way forever, starts right at the edge of sep back into September, the beginning of October. Something about one cold snap that makes me say, okay, 
season shifted, we're going into something new. I didn't know that that's actually the Jewish New Year. On the Jewish calendar, that's when the new year begins. So I'm so spiritual. I don't even know it. But anyway, but anyway, uh, on my way to church, December the 28th, 2008, as I'm turning the corner to go to our cornfield church, literally, um, I heard these words very loud. And, and I was just going to, I thought, you know, God's just talking to me. I'm just going to keep cruising. But it got to a point very quickly where I came off the road immediately and started pinning this down. And these are the words. Expect, expect, expect. The spirit of expectation is the spirit of faith. It is time, it is time, it is time. My people will return to daily expecting to see my goodness. Your tomorrow has come. That's when I pulled off. Right there. Your tomorrow has come. As soon as I heard this, my mind immediately went to 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1. Then Elijah said, hear the word of the Lord. Tomorrow, about this time, a measure of fine flour will sell for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gates of Samaria. Your tomorrow has come. And it, then immediately I saw a rapid moving river rushing with white water. This river suddenly took hold of the believers and swept us quickly downstream. The acceleration was breathtaking, yet extremely easy. We were washed quickly into destiny, marked by the dispensing of the supernatural, resulting in salvation, healing, and deliverance. Then the Lord said, your desperation is being turned to salvation. Your poverty turned to prosperity. Your impotence to a rushing flow of power. This is a new strategy and a new sound and a new season being released from the unseen realm. Those who hear will have a fresh strength to move into it. That's your momentum word. What is being released from the unseen realm will cause the natural realm to shift. Your depression will shift to joy. Your poverty will shift to prosperity and your emptiness will shift to fullness. Here's, hear me. Joy must become the priority this year. In this year, in this season, I will supercharge your joy. And the spirit of might will come upon my people, no longer living in the prostration under binding circumstances, but arising in the abilities of the greater one within you. Your tomorrow has come, and my goodness will cause my own to celebrate, and your celebration will cause the world to long to know me. Do not despair. Do not act as if there is no hope. This is the day of the joy of your Lord. This is the time to see my goodness and my glory upon the church. This is the year of laughter. The more you laugh, the stronger you will become. The more you laugh, the faster your enemy will run. It is time. It is time. It is time. Laugh, laugh, laugh. Your tomorrow has come. That is an awesome promise from God. And I know it flies in the face of every news reporter Come on. And truthfully, some of the uh, so-called prophets of the land are prophesying the exact opposite of what that word just was. And I know that I won't stand in the, the, um, the lineup of 
what they would call great men and women of God and what they say must be right because they have big things and they fly in on their Learjets with slick hair and shiny shoes. I understand that. But I am telling you, at least it's a word to your individual life. And the deal about joy is not... I understand nobody wants fake moves of God. And, and I hate... Um, I've been in places where they sing all the right songs and they sing it louder and better than most of us. Their musicians are so well-trained, and I applaud that. There, there is certainly something to admire in it, but even with all the right words, somehow it's not really praise to Him. People begin to worship their own worship and, and worship their own excellence. Does that make sense? And, and it actually moves from being a sincere, heartfelt praise over into being hype. And no one's changed. You can sit comfortably in your sin in the presence of God. And I understand that it, I know that you, that you guys come from wonderful backgrounds, you know, and, and I'm a, you know, I'm from Ori County. Come on, work with me, okay? But the truth is, the truth is, this is not just about having noisier services. Now, I'm, I like noise. I, you know, y'all, the laughing beats crying any day. I have cried long enough. Are y'all with me? I, I, I'm about having happy church. I like liking God. I, God is not in a bad mood. I, you're going to hate heaven if you don't like a happy party. You might as well go on and go to hell. You're with me? Because you'll not like heaven. Because the atmosphere of heaven is joy. It, it, the Joy is the spiritual champagne. Come on, work with me. And I'm not being worldly. And I'm not saying go to drink that. There's something better. Come on, than what the world offers. The, the little girl that loved Solomon said, his love is better than the cheap substitute that the world offers. Are you with me? But the truth is, it's not just about loud and fake happy and acting like you feel better when you don't. That's not what I'm talking about. It is about your strength. It is vital that you do not go any further into this year week. Because we do know that the scripture says, behold, gross darkness, that is thick darkness, is going to cover the earth. And, and I, I'm, I'm, okay, anybody remember Woodstock? Okay, that, we invented some things back then. Are y'all okay with how old I really am? And, and, and the truth is, there was sin I mean, there was, they call it, can I say it in church, sex? Can you say that? If I can't say it, I'll just erase that and y'all didn't hear it. But there was what they call this free love sexual revolution. And it had never been done before. Not brazen out and out. You know, it's my life and I can do whatever I want to with it. Are y'all with me? In the midst of all of that kind of sin... Anyone that has been into a high school today will tell you it pales in comparison to what our children walk into in those high schools. The darkness has gotten thicker. But it goes on to say, 
but you are going to arise and you are going to shine and the glory of the Lord is coming upon you. And yes, yes, though we, we've got things we, the world has never seen before, okay, coming against the earth and on the earth, there, we also have the promise that the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. That's a lot of glory. Because there are parts of the sea where it's immeasurable. You cannot find it, the depth of how deep it goes. So I'm telling you, there's going to be a move of God that's going to sweep billions and billions into the kingdom prior to the coming of Jesus. But you're not going to do this week. So even though you might be conservative and a little bit less sanguine than, uh, than I am, you might like being a little depressed and mulling over problems, but that is bad for your soul. Are you with me? And, and the truth is, why would anyone want to give their life to Jesus when they look at your face? <laughs> Amen. Jesus is not coming back for a sick, depressed, lumpy, bumpy, stringy church. He's coming back to a glorious church, a bride without spot or wrinkle. And we are not supposed to be under Satan's feet. We're not supposed to be under our circumstances. And I know, see, the, the truth about joy and why... Um, People will resist this, and they'll kind of try to move me over, and you're just trying to hype things up. The truth about joy is it'll kill your flesh because it's easier to cry. It's easier to moan. It is easier. It will, it, and it's the song you don't want to sing that you need to go ahead and sing. And it's the dance you don't want to dance that you need to go ahead and dance. Are y'all with me? And when you walk in to this sanctuary or wherever you're from, when in your hands feel like you've got cinder blocks on the end of them, and it's, it's the time you don't want to lift your hands, that's the time you must push through your flesh and lift your hands up and declare that God is good. He always has been good and he always will be good. It is this year's number one priority. Thank you for it. Praise God. Well, Tracy, you just can't back that up in the Word. Really? Have you read your Bible lately? And, yes, I read it. Did you inhale? <laughs> you know, Bill Clinton. I smoke pot, but I didn't inhale. And we, we have our Bibles in our laps and we can quote our pretty scriptures, but sometimes we don't inhale. Psalm 126 verse 2 says, When the Lord brought back the captives who returned to Zion, we were like those who dream. Now, Zion is always a type of the New Testament church. Always. It's, it says, we were like those who dreamed. Pull it out of the Hebrew and it'll go on to say, it seemed so unreal. It, let me put it in the Tracy Stewart translation. Too good to be true. And they say, you know, if something sounds too good to be true, it's probably not. And that's probably true in every uh, natural realm except when it comes to the goodness of God. It goes on to say, Then were our mouths filled with laughter and our tongues with singing. 
Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad. Turn to freedom our captivity and restored our fortunes. O Lord, as the streams in the south, major words, as the streams in the south are restored by the torrents, those who sow in tears will reap with joy. And it goes on to say, uh, He who goes forth bearing seed and weeping shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his harvested sheaves with him. Now, it's not that we don't go through stuff, but what would put the world in a mental institution. Come on. And why they're going to call us a peculiar people. That my, my, I shouldn't say this, but some of my relatives have actually accused me of being delusional because I'm just not in touch with the real world. No, I'm in touch with it, but there's a world that is more real than your real world. And it's called the kingdom of God. And we're about to receive an invasion of the kingdom of God into our natural realm. It is with, it is with, the word says, within reach. It is at hand. You can touch it, you can hold it, and you can pull it into your life. Let me give you some more, okay? Because this is, I'm working you into this. In Zechariah verse 8, there were actually appointed times to be hilariously joyful. And it was not an option. Just like there were appointed times to fast and, with, and, and, and not eat because of the seasons and the ceremonies in the Word of God, God actually appointed cheerful seasons. And whether you wanted to laugh or not, whether you wanted to be happy or not, whether you, it, it will actually pull out into, one translation says, um, uh, times of joy and gladness and cheerful appointed seasons. Therefore, in order that this may happen to you, love the truth and peace. I'm going to give you, I'm going to take you right to where it's at in just a second. In order for this to happen to you, Love the truth and peace. What is the truth that we need to love in order to move into a supersized joy, a supercharged joy that the word promised? The truth that you need to fall in love with, and this will just shock you, is that God is incredibly good. He is the most lied about person on the planet it is the thief that has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And Jesus goes on to say, But I have come that you might have and enjoy life until it overflows. That's not in the uh, event of heaven and rapture slash and or dying before the return of Jesus. You don't have to wait until heaven to enjoy this kind of, of power and strength. Now, now, yes, person, now, uh, when we get to heaven, only religious people talk like this. They clench their teeth and do not open their mouth when they speak. Now, Tracy, I, I'm with you, but you know... It's going to be when Jesus returns, you know, because we've got to deal with Armageddon, 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 Armageddon out of here. Come on, you with me? And, and no, because the truth is I, cr I crash-landed one time, but three times in one year. 
That is not funny. I don't ever want to hear the pilot come on, the loudspeaker on another airplane, and say these words, brace, brace, brace. And I figured out that it was when my husband was finishing some school, he had stepped out of pastoring in order to get in, get, totally get into his, his schooling so he could accomplish some other things. And, and it was great. We, we happened to, I traveled enough and still do travel enough to be able to sustain our financial needs. And it was a God thing. We both agreed it was okay. But when I crash landed the first time, all I could think about was my kids finishing college. Because it was, it was on my shoulders. And when I crash landed the second time, all I could think about was what was going to happen to my family without this income. And when I did it the third time, on my way down with, with F-16s from Shaw Air Force Base on the wing of that plane that had already been told if, if, if anything happens in an airplane, this is right, it was the weekend after 9-11, I'm flying. Everything happens on an airplane, shoot it down, don't let it land on the city. And I'm going, we turned around to go back to Charlotte. And the guys that were in those jets go to our church. I'm going, don't shoot, don't shoot. But I decided, I'm going to teach Satan a lesson. I knew I would come down okay. I was absolutely sure even though there's enough adrenaline that happens in those moments to make your legs feel like baloney. Are y'all with me? I hit the ground, didn't hit the ground, but came down, got off safely, and, um, and I decided right then and there, I'm going to get me a whopping life insurance policy. And I will be worth more dead than alive. And I don't mean little. I meant just go, let your mind, I, I, I decided uh, whopping. If I got to die and my family's got to go through anything, and I don't got to die, okay, I'll take that back. But if, if, if anything happens where I fall in, I don't, I'm not hearing God, I don't pick up on the warnings of the Lord, I am not, my family in a few minutes are going to be happy after they have my funeral, okay? And in particular, my daughter Micah has moved from being the daughter to being the best friend. We just, we just are crazy about each other. And I would hang out with her even if she was not my daughter. You know, dogs are the only family you get to choose, okay? The rest of your family, too bad. But I like her. And, and the truth is, um, Micah does not believe that the devil wear Prada. She believes she ought to wear Prada. Are y'all with me? Guys, you understand what I'm saying? She's a shoe girl and, and a purse girl. And, and although she has no Prada, you know... She has aspirations, okay? And, and we have some fake Prada. We call it Nada. <laughs> and a Louis is a fluey. And I, I, I'll tell you more later. But <clears throat> the truth is, out of all of my children, in the event of what I'm going to call an untimely death, that child will come unglued. She is going to have to be physically carried into that church building. Physically carried out of it and held together literally at that graveside. I, I'm, I'm just telling you, it is not going to be a good day. That sorrow will be that deep. I just know her. I know how she loves. She loves until she hurt herself for you. But in a few days... 
she's going to get a phone call from the executor of the estate. And, and, and at one point, because of family money and Micah wasn't born, the boys had things coming to them that Micah was totally left out of. You can't leave money to an unborn child. You, and she was not even, you know, cooking at that point, okay? So, so we, we had actually at one point, and we've straightened all of this out now, but my life insurance policy, she was the sole benefactor of it to level things. Is that okay? So she's going to get a call. And she's going to have to get out of the bed of depression and make herself go down there. And she has no idea how good her life is about to get. And when they start telling her that we've deposited a check into your account, She's suddenly going to feel better. <laughs> and the first pair of products she buys, you know, Jesus said, as oft as thou dost eat and drink, do it in remembrance of me. She's going to do, look, mama, as oft as I do shop, come on, I'll do it in remembrance of thee, okay? I'm going to dedicate the first pair to my mama, okay? This is for you, mama. Come, y'all with me. But the truth is, if the executor has deposited the check and she goes to the bank, and maybe there's someone in that bank that's known us and hasn't liked us all along. We actually have a very integrated church that's not popular to this day in Sumter, South Carolina. And there's people that have tried to pay my husband to leave town because they didn't want black people and white people taking communion together, okay? It's been a, you, it, it's been a mess, okay, for years. 30 years later, it's still an issue, and people are still mad. Not Now there might be a few people that are integrated, but not to the degree that we are, and people are still mad that it happened at all, okay? So maybe the bank teller knows who she is, knows who her dad is, knows who her mom was, and she's going to say to her, I know who you are, and I know there's money in your account, but I'm not giving any of it to you. In fact, you need to wait until you die to enjoy any of this goodness. And she's going to come across the counter because, y'all, she's almost six feet tall and has the most beautiful color of red hair. And she will jerk a knot very quickly and slap the weave out your head. Come on. And, and she would say to that bank teller, I don't know if you understand this, but I own this bank, number one. And number two, my mother died... So I could have what she left me. I don't have to wait till I die to enjoy what my mother left me. You with me? And someone has already died and left you an inheritance. You don't have to wait until you get to heaven to feel better about your life. Jesus died for you to have certain things, not in the sweet by and by, but right here in the nasty now and now. And we've been brainwashed out of the supernatural power of God. We've been brainwashed out of it. And why I'm going there is because there's certain things that Jesus wanted to make sure you understood. That the joy, he says, that I have, the world did not give it to me. The world can't take it away. This joy, and then he goes into this peace, I bequeath to you. And we're waiting until we get to heaven. 
You won't need it in heaven. You know what? There's no devil there. I don't know if your mother-in-law is going to make it, but if she has, she's going to be sweet. Because mine used to fly in on her broom. Are y'all with me? She was a test pilot for the broom factory. And what we've done is, is we've put off things that belong to us now. It is time for the will to be enforced. It is time to get legal with the realms of darkness that forbid you to have what Jesus died for you to have. Anybody here? Now, let me read this to you. I'm not near the teacher that you guys are blessed with, so y'all just have to put up with me, and Pastor Kevin will fix it all later. (laughs) It says, And the word of the Lord of hosts came unto me, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, The fast of the fourth month, the fast of the fifth, I believe that would hit at January, February, the fast of the seventh and the fast of the tenth shall be to those, to the house of Judah, joy, And gladness. He doesn't mention food. Not one mention of having anything held back. You're going to fast not from having joy, but on inducing joy. You're going to, in other words, you're going to fast negativity. Bad news. Come on. Bad reports. What they say and what they think. You're going to fast what the world calls, you know, the realm of the prophetic that's been loosed on the world from the dark side. You're going to come up against that with laughter. I know. God's crazy, y'all. God is as weird as they come. And this is not figuratively speaking. It's, it is times of joy and gladness and cheerful appointed seasons this is not an option it goes on to say shall be to the house of judah joy and gladness and cheerful feast therefore love the truth which is what is why how come we could do this because god is good god oh i wish you knew him Anyone that has a struggle with what I just said, yeah, he's good, but he, listen, he is the most lied about person on this planet. And if you want to get over into how God wants your life to be, go back to Genesis, to his original intent. He places a man in a garden called voluptuous living. The first thing he personally says to Adam is the gold is in them there hills. Like, y'all, God, God is okay with your life being sweet. And Adam was not a caveman. And didn't grunt. It goes on. Thus says the Lord of hosts, it shall yet come to pass that there shall come people as a result of this season of joy. There shall come people and inhabitants of many cities, and the inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us go speedily and pray before the Lord. The word inhabitants is not Jewish people. These are Gentiles, which represents the lost. It goes on to say, And seek the Lord of hosts. 
In other words, I don't know what those people are on, but I want some. Now, they might not know the depth of what it is like to know Jesus. They, they won't, might not know much about him, but there is something about a happy person that becomes so contagious that they're irresistible. And, and the truth is, Christianity is the only religion that has a joy factor in it. You have pseudo-peace in other religions, but every religion that is a religion or is an ism is a joyless religion. Other, y'all, the Mormons are nicer than Christians. They have better commercials. And you don't have to give $100 to get their glow-in-the-dark cross. Come on, work with me. I love the Mormon commercials. They make me cry. That little girl cuts her cupcake in half and gives it to her little sister. That's precious. Come on. That is, come on. So there's this pseudo thing going on. But the the joy that I'm talking about is when all hell breaks loose and you don't have a snowball chance, come on, in hell, of making it. and, and, And there's a joy that sustains you and the strength from the inner man begins to boil to the surface. The word joy, when it says that for the joy set before him, Jesus, he endured the cross. The word set before means leading his mind forward beyond the immediate. Joy will cause you to lead your mind forward beyond the immediate. And it will cause an endurance to come on you that will cause you to survive. Even if you get killed, in Jesus' case, he's resurrected, counting on the goodness of God to fulfill his word for him. Okay, okay, y'all don't get it. Okay, okay let, me, let, me, let me try to get this into you, okay? Jesus. Jesus is awesome. But I'm going to tell you, the day he was nailed to that cross was not a good day. And y'all, I lose it sometimes, depending on if I had enough chocolate (laughs) over the simplest things. The agony of the cross is, yes, he's going to bear the weight of the, the sin of the world. Absolutely. Every sickness and every disease that is on the planet is going to come upon him. That's bad enough. The truth is, the beating itself should have killed him. The fact that he was able to get somewhat near the cross and help the rest of the way was an absolute miracle that he lived through that beating. Okay? And, on, and, and with all of that wrapped together, the worst part of the cross for Christ was when he cried, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because we have, we have scriptural evidence that, that God turned his back on his own son. So here's the horror. There had never been a day in the history of the relationship between God and Jesus, who was the word prior to becoming Jesus, never been separated from God until he took it on to die for our sin. That was the agony. Bad day. You think you didn't get your parking place and you're binding and rebuking. You don't know a bad day. 
like this man knew a bad day. (laughs) And at any time, he could have called and millions of angels could have come. And I'm with you. I'm thinking, God, you know, the truth is, I deserve to go to hell. I I don't care how nice y'all are. Maybe y'all are the pretty people. But I pursued sin, and I knew it was evil, and I deserve hell. I sure don't deserve the death of this man. And yet he's willingly laying his life down. I'm screaming at him, you, get off the cross, Jesus. Do not die. And then he says things like, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And, and you know, I'm, I'm just a redneck from Horry County, okay? And I'm saying... The hey you say. They know what they're doing. And I know that really they didn't, but and yet on on and there's a moment where there is so much strength and so much peace on him that he is able to hear the whimper of a man next to him that deserved to die. See, if that man had called on me, I said, you need to go on and go to hell. Can't you see how, you know, I know, I, uh, no, you didn't, you know. I know you are not asking me to do something for you. And yet, whew, pulling himself up to breathe, feeling God separate himself, there is a strength on him that is able to lock a a man that deserves to to go to hell, lock him into eternal security. That's a lot of strength. And he said, this joy, my own joy, I bequeath to you. That, y'all, if you look at a bank account, Your bank account is loaded, and it is time to make a withdrawal. Are you with me? It is time to tap in to the unseen realm and make a draw on the account. You do not have to wait till you get to heaven to feel better. It is not God's will for you to lose your mind. It is not God's will for you to break down. It is God's will for you to break through. Joy is this year's number one priority. It goes on to say, thus says the Lord of hosts, in those days, what days? The days that you go ahead and throw the happy party. In those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew. That pulls over into Revelation where Jesus says, some say they are Jews but are not. That is not um, bloodline Hebrew heritage. It is the born-again child of God. That, I promise. I, I would, Pastor Kevin will prove it later. Okay. It's going to take hold of the happy child of God. And it's going to, it goes on to say, saying, we will go with you for we have heard that God is with you. That is evangelism made easy. That is evangelism made fun. It is absolutely, completely 
no program, no buses, balloons, and banana splits. Come on, come on. No recruiting church populations from another church. It is about my life. Make someone want to know what I'm on. It, are you hearing me? You'll find that also the, the, the church that laughs together has extreme corporate power. And they lean toward praying for each other and together. It'll say it in the scripture. Let us go immediately. Let us go pray unto the Lord, their God. It will pull people into prayer. It pulls people into a deeper walk with God. It's not a shallow hype thing that I'm talking about. And and the truth is, though, about the shallow hype thing that you think I'm talking about. Okay? You're going to have to make your flesh... Do what you tell it to do. And, and the truth is, you're not going to want to do this most days. I can tell by the way you're looking at me this morning. But when you step into, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Father, I remember all of the benefits. How it, you made a way when there was no way. How I was healed of a terminal disease. How, how God, you, you brought money from, it seemed like, out of nowhere. You placed favor on my life. And though I was the least qualified and at the end of the line, you went to the end of the line, put me on top, and then gave me a special grace to do it better than anyone that had been trained. Thank you, Lord. Come on. I bless the Lord, oh my soul. You re- begin to recall the goodness of God. And, and, and the truth is this, is, this is so powerful in our church right now. The truth is, whatever God does for you, to you, okay, you actually become a steward of it. The Word says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I always twisted me up. So I, 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 my, my brain just doesn't do much complicated things. But the testimony of what Jesus has done in your life becomes a prophetic promise to any hearer in this room. And it, y'all, when you begin sharing how good God's been, you actually prophesy into that life that your breakthrough is right in front of you. It becomes so powerful. Our church, do that, that offering thing you do. Oh, I know y'all think I'm up there. Okay, just trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. You can't get it up. You can't take it. Our people start saying, say, Pastor, what, you know where it says, you know where it says, finding money? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And when they share it, someone in the room will grab it. And the next week, three more people say, you know where it says, I love it. Expenses decrease. The power company sent me back a whopping amount of money. And the insurance company, they never do this, said I've been overpaying them for the last seven years. And I got to check, check in the mail, check in the mail, check in the mail. And y'all, what it has caused such electricity in our church. It, are you? Whatever you overcome, 
you become the steward of it. And you can just walk it right in to someone who's never heard about the goodness of God, doesn't know if God likes them. Come on, and most people preach that God's going to get you. Come on, and you're all going to hell. And when you walk that testimony up, it's like being in the Walmart line, and, and you can tell the girl's got a headache, you know. Have y'all ever seen those chicks? I mean, look like they got a headache anyway. And, uh, and, 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 and maybe you're just sensitive and aware that there's an issue, but let's just say it's the migraine because that one works for me every single time. And I get to her and say, um, you have a headache? And, and they say, oh, I, I am, and she's got a trash can there. She's supposed to be getting off. They're waiting for someone to come replace her. She is in absolutely excruciating pain. The lights are too bright. She's going she's gonna to toss her cookies, everybody with me. And then she, she said, yeah, and groaning. And I say, you know, I remember when I used to have those things. Really? What did you take? Well, matter of fact, I was healed. I... I was healed one day. And, and there's a promise that says, by his stripes, you are healed. And, and, and they melted like wax in the presence of the Lord. Do you want me to pray for you? Can I pray? And they're thinking because they're, you know, don't even go to church. And so they're thinking prayer request. To write a little card, you know, and put it in the little thing. And little people will do this later on. And I let her think that. Go ahead and think that. Because all I want her to do is say yes. Okay? When she says yes, I would really appreciate if you have prayer partners. Yeah. Uh, so you do want prayer? Yes. I reach across that thing, climb up on that belt, grab her by the head, and say in the name of Jesus, the spirit of pain that is attacking your mind and your body looses you now. And, and now you do not have to be like me. That is, that is not the anointing. I was raised in a house full of screaming people. Everything is loud. Okay? And you don't have to climb on the belt. It just works for me. It just does. And, and of course, she's shocked at first and embarrassed. And then goes, It's gone. It's gone. This happened. I did it with my gym teacher in high school. It's gone. Where do you go to church? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The great theologian James Brown said, Wow! I feel good. See, you're so used to your church services being bound up. And this is an awesome building. Awesome building. I'm telling you, it's sharp. But you're so used to church services being two fast songs, three slow songs, Shamalama, we shamalama today. Shamalama, ding dong, come on. Three points in a poem. And that's, that's church, that's the move of God. No, you are the church. And the best church services you will ever have is when you walk the answer that everyone needs right up upon their life. Well, what if they don't let me pray for them? Well, what if they do? What if it don't work? What if it does? I think, y'all, somewhere in there, you're just going to have to Take a risk. You're, I'm crazy. Err. Than I was last year. But something has struck my soul. And it makes me stand on my feet in the morning and say, This 
is the day that the Lord has made. And I, oh my God, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Why? Because I believe that God is good and I expect that my tomorrow has come. And I don't know how God's going to do it. All I know is I'm just going to rejoice in the Lord always and do it again and do it again. You know, it, it takes a lot of strength to be depressed. That's why depressed people are weak. Show me a depressed person. And I'll show you a weak person. They can't get up off the couch. I'm not working you over. I've done that, been there. Done through, gone through the clinical because of diseases that hit my body. I understand. I, I was told, and not many people know this, so I'm talking in front of one of my church people. I was told that I had this brain tumor. And um, that was after... I'd come through stage four ovarian cancer. And, and I felt like I had a brain tumor. Can I just admit that? I was so sick. And, and my whole body was just going crazy. It was just going crazy. And, and the truth is, that, and please forgive me if this assaults you or insults you. I, I have no intentions of doing this. But one of the main things that happened was I went into a severe clinical depression. I, I couldn't help it. I wasn't trying. And I, I hit a point. I can remember it was night. It was actually uh, morning time. Uh, I had been in bed and stayed in bed a long time. And in between my meetings, I was in the bed. And I, I, I remember hearing the Lord say, get up and get out of this bed. And, and the truth is, I got to the point where I was enjoying the depression and feeling sorry for myself. I'm telling you the truth, and that does not help you. It doesn't. I'm not trying to be mean. I understand where you've been. I know it, but it doesn't help you. And the Lord said, get up out of this bed. And I, when I sat up, I heard the Lord say, this is your last down day, and you need to get up and fight. And I did. And, and the weird thing is, this is going to sound really crazy, Okay, but I was, y'all, like my mascara is all strung down my face, you know what I mean? And I had gotten over it. When depressed people, they're really depressed, they won't take care of themselves. Are y'all with me? And, and I walked into my bathroom and saw a very old woman looking back at me, a very old, sick woman looking back at me. And, and to make a long story sh longer, but to try to shorten it up, I, I took a shower I put on makeup. I did my hair. I put on pantyhose. You know, because pantyhose do not exist in heaven at all. I put on a dress, and I stood in front of a full-length mirror, and I said these words, Girl, God has been too good to you for you to act this way, and you're snapping out of it right now, and you're going to hold on to the word, and you're going to fight. Yes, you are, Tracy Stewart. You're going to fight, and you're not going to cry anymore. Get your hands up. I, mean, I told myself, get your hands up right now, and, and rejoice. And I made myself dance with no music in my closet in front of full length mirror. I'm up there, and I am preaching away, dancing, preaching, praising, dancing. Went into the kitchen, got money out of my wallet, and gave myself an offering. Really. And that thing broke off of me. 
And if it's there, it's benign, okay? It comes from being hit in the head as a child. But it ain't, it, and I, I have a wonderful feeling because I'm about to go through, uh, you know how you get, um, if you've ever had killer diseases, they, they have to admit to me that there's no lab mistake because they've got separate tissues. Stage four, stage zero, okay? So this has been years, like seven, more than seven years. I get checked about every three or four months. Nowhere to be found. In fact, when I went back to the doctor and my body shifted, my body changed, and, and, and something began to happen, okay? My doctor said to me, I'm telling you this for this, this one phrase, you are the happiest depressed person I have ever met in my life. And, and, and at that point, now I went through a total healing. But at that point, all the blood work said depression. All the tests that they do to do the chemicals in your brain, it had not changed. But what had changed is there was a greater one. Come on, y'all. Sitting inside of my inner man. And, and, and the truth is, this, this is about when this revelation hit me. Greater is the strength on my insides than the pressure on my outsides. I am the living, moving, breathing ark of God. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. And if he's in there, he brought his joy and his strength with him. And all I got to do is unbrainwash my brain and start cooperating with the realities of God that are inside of me. Since January, our friends, I have a, an assistant that's not here, but our friends have asked us to record us laughing. Because if you came on trips with me, you better bring some depend undergarments. <laughs> if you got a weak bladder. Because we don't do unhappy and we don't do sad. And if you want to break religion off of someone, I, Pastor, I know there's seasons of intercession. I, but I'm telling you, this is a season. This, this, this season, this strategy is joy. Okay? Past seasons, the strategy was something else. Can, is this all right? And you'll notice in the Bible, sometimes God sent Judah. Other times he said, hide in the bushes. And when you hear the sound, come on with me. And other times he say, march around and shout. And other times they were literally anointed to go hand-to-hand combat. But the, the moral of the story is, with every battle, you need the strategy of heaven. The strategy of heaven for this season over the entire church is joy. Joy must become your number one priority. And whatever steals it, you got to guard it and don't let anyone... Steal your peace. Don't let any circumstance pull it out of you. They want us to laugh on a CD and in between do all the scriptures on the joy of the Lord. You know why? Because, you know, I don't know if y'all noticed that when people really laugh, you don't even have to know what they're laughing about. You walk in and go, <laughs> what y'all laughing at? And if they're, you know, <laughs> what, what, what? 
What'd she say? What, what, what? And they keep, especially if it's one of those deep belly laughs where you're snorting and, and you can't breathe. You know what I mean? You can't breathe. Are y'all with me? And, and, I, and for me, when I get extremely happy, I lose my strength. I, when, it, when I'm really laughing, I got to crawl on the floor. I'll hold on to someone to slide down. Are y'all with me? Because laughter is contagious. You're not going to make me laugh today. I don't care what you did. You've cried long enough. You've cried long enough. A merry heart, Proverbs says, doeth good like a medicine. It is proven medically, proven that people have been sent home, terminal. Your fault, my fault, your mama's fault, the devil's fault. They're not going to live through this. Sent home. And some people curl up in a corner, close the curtains, pull the cover over their heads, and die. But other people, lost people, decide, you know what? If I've only got 10 days left, I'm going to enjoy my family and my friends, and I'm going to go do as much of the fun things in life that made me happy. You know, I went something climbing, I went, uh, wrote, went two points on, on, a, on a bull named Fu Manchu. I can't sing a bit. Remember that, that country song? Yeah, Tim McGraw. What'd you do, man? I went skydiving, Rocky Mountain climbing, went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. The truth is, lost people have decided to go ahead and enjoy every minute. What made them laugh, they want to watch it again. They laugh and they laugh. They, they live past their death date. Doctor comes in, says, what is going on? And find that the disease has been totally eradicated out of their body because they laugh. They have proven it medically, medically, medically proven that children laugh more than 400 times in one day. And notice their skin doesn't sag. Do you know the scripture says that praise is comely on the righteous? You don't need a facelift. You need a faith lift. Come on, work with me. Because when you praise, it just makes you look prettier and prettier and prettier. And y'all know that even an ugly person look good when they're loving God. Come on, come on, work with me. The girl is so ugly. My God, ugly. But the more she loves God, the more attractive she becomes. So guys, you need to keep your women really close to God. Come on, work with me. Come on. Children laugh more than 400 times a day. Adults laugh less than 12. And they, they're, they're always amazed at how they can pull a drowned child out of a lake that's been under there sometimes for an hour, pull the child out, come on, start resuscitating, the heart's gone, there's no movement, there's no life, and somehow that child can literally come back to life and become totally normal. I personally believe that some of this, what we call uh, 
medically bizarre and, and our realm would be supernatural is because children naturally have joy and they naturally laugh. They naturally forgive. They can be fighting like cats and dogs one minute and be laying on the floor laughing with a friend the next. Selah. And they say it's not just 400 giggles that the children actually laugh from their core strength. They survive diseases that other strong adults cannot survive. I just, I am so sure that it is actually connected because the scripture says that laughter doeth good like a medicine. And if, if I was a doctor, there's a doctor in the house, okay, and I'm going to steal his prescription pad because he's a, he's a doctor, but he's, you know. And I'm going to give you a prescription of what you need to do to make every single thing in your life shift you know, when the tomorrow, your tomorrow has come, the people were seized behind city gates. They were surrounded by a demon-possessed army with one assignment on their lives, and that was to wipe out every person in that city, okay? And they were in a famine. It had not rained. There was no food. You could buy a donkey's head. I, at one time when I was in Bible college, they said uh, $30,000, for a donkey's head. Women are eating their children. That's a bad day. And when it couldn't get any worse, this bizarre word comes that is too good to be true. And the prophet says, about this time tomorrow, there's going to be so much food and so much abundance that you're not going to have enough stomachs to put it in and your life will be changed forever. The captain on whom the king's hand leaned on said, if God opened the windows of heaven, could this thing be? And he said, you are mighty right. It can be, and you're going to see it, but you're not going to enjoy it. And we know the story. But what is, what is cooler than this, y'all, is that the people that never heard the prophecy, the ultimate losers in life, Dying of dehydration, dying of starvation, and dying of disease. Sat content in their sickness and poverty for God knows how long. But after that word is released, even though they didn't hear it with their own ears, the spirit realm began shifting the natural. And men that were sitting on a log, this is my story, say to each other, why sit we here until we die? The only thing that changed is that God said about this time tomorrow. And even though people can't hear this, if you will begin to believe the word of the Lord and act in faith, and y'all, the truth is, you'll look better all year anyway. I mean, really. I mean, you got nothing to lose on pulling on the inside, the well of salvation. But I think what I think is so absolutely cool is that there's a word coming from heaven to the church on this planet. And I know that Satan thinks he's about to have his finest day. But I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, that the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth. 
and that the people of God, I love the song, we don't have to do this, I'm trading my sorrow, because it's old, and, you know, the joy of the Lord, okay? But I love it when it says, persecuted, but help. But not destroyed. We are wearing the devil out. And there's a source of strength. It's been bequeathed. It's in the account. And you can live like a beggar under the bridge if you want to. And, and, and God will have so much more for you. It, it's not his plan. Come on. And, and, and you can say, I love God. And you can be on your way to heaven and be living in hell on this earth. And even though God wants you to live in being more than a conqueror, that means you've got enough conquer for you and some to take to somebody else, okay? And it be his plan. If, if, if you don't just take the, the step, I love obedience. It's, it's a gift to us. And the amazing thing about obedience is you're not going to feel like it and you're not going to have any grace on you, no strength on you, until you take a step of obedience. And as soon as you do, you're going to have a wall of the grace of God come upon you. The more you laugh, the stronger you will become. The more you laugh, the faster your enemy will run. I know I'm long-winded, but I just got to tell you one more thing. Everybody take a deep breath and say, I love Tracy Stewart. Now, you don't. I made you say it, but... Let's see if you can recognize this scripture. Dear brothers and sisters, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. Praise God. Hallelujah. I have a friend in our church, and he's just, he died when he was 15, put under a gurney. His friend, his cousin, actually, they were drunk, and they they were driving a truck, and the truck rolled, and Terry was flung out of the truck halfway in and halfway out, and the, tr- the truck rolled on him several times, and he's dead. He's totally dead. Every bone in his body is broken. He's dead. They put him under the gurney and try to life flight his cousin to keep him alive to another city. It's, back, it's up in the hills of Tennessee, and, and, and um, they're in the trauma unit just working, working, working on his cousin, and a nurse noticed that there was a hand hanging out from under the gurney. No breath, no heartbeat, nothing. And she was spirit-filled. And she got under the gurney on top of him and started commanding him to live in the name of Jesus. I mean, wouldn't let him go. And he began to breathe. His heart rate picked up. And they, they began, oh, my God, he's alive. But I'm telling you, he was dead. And Terry's philosophy is this. You don't get any worse off than dead. Uh, you just don't. He actually came out of his body and sat with an angel and watched the truck roll over him. He could tell them details about the accident that later when they went back and measured and did all this stuff, it was so precise. Are you with me? So Terry has gone through the worst thing that can happen to you, okay? And, and his philosophy is, 
You ain't dead, so you're okay, okay? As long as you're, okay. And, and I, you know how life really is? You just, you just have days that you feel like you're being ground to powder. And, and Terry and Rebecca were in my truck. Terry was sitting in the front seat. I was driving the truck. And, and it was one of those days. And you need a friend like this. Although, if you're going to be my friend, you might want to wear football pads or something, okay? And Terry goes, and he's so goofy. Like, dude, you know, real, real. And, and when you, you talk to him, he always begins every greeting with you when you walk on him. Hey. So he goes, hey, Tracy, are you counting it all, Joy? I almost kicked that man through the side window of my truck. It made me so mad. And, and what, what, what was really the, the thing was he was right. He had the answer. So you're going to have to decide, I am not going to be touchy about the pain I might be going through or the frustration I'm living in. I'm just going to go ahead. If trouble comes, get on your tap shoes. Come on. Find someone that will talk you into letting God be good to you. Do not agree with your enemy about the situation, the circumstance, or the condition of your life. And if you want to make the devil sweat, laugh. The worse it gets, the more you laugh. It will drive him absolutely crazy. Wondering how in the world are we going to get to her now? Anybody with me? Romans 14, 17 says, The kingdom of God is not a matter of what you eat or drink, but it is living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And of course, the King James says, is better than the King James to me, that the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. There's another scripture that talks about the, the power of God and walking with Jesus. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. It is time. Can I read this to you one more time? Maybe you'll just lean forward and listen to it again. Expect, expect, expect. The spirit of expectation is the spirit of faith. It is time, it is time, it is time. My people will return to daily expecting to see my goodness. Your tomorrow has come. The, then Elijah said, hear the word of the Lord. Tomorrow about this time, a measure of fine flour will sell for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gates of Samaria. Your tomorrow has come. I then saw a rapid moving river and I believe that that river is the joy that you walk into, the joy that you intentionally get up in the morning and start moving into. Rushing with white water, this river suddenly took hold of the believers and swept us quickly downstream. The acceleration was breathtaking, yet extremely easy. We were washed quickly into destiny, marked by the dispensing of the supernatural, resulting in salvation, healing, and deliverance. Your depression is being turned to salvation. Your poverty turned to prosperity. Your impotence to a rushing flow of power. There, there is a new strategy and a new sound and a new season being released from the unseen realm. Those that hear will have a fresh strength to move into it. What is being released from the unseen realm will cause the natural realm to shift. 
Your desperation will shift to joy. Your poverty will shift to prosperity. And your emptiness will shift to fullness. Joy must become the number one priority this year. In this year, in this season, I will supercharge your joy and the spirit of might will come upon my people, no longer living in the prostration under binding circumstances, but arising in the abilities of the greater one within you. Your tomorrow has come and my goodness will cause my own to celebrate and your celebration will cause the world to long to know me. Do not despair and do not act as if there is no hope. This is the day of the joy of the Lord. This is the time to see my goodness and my glory upon my church. This is the year of laughter. The more you laugh, the stronger you will become. That right there just cranks my tractor. I'm sorry, I'm in Charleston. That turns my BMW on. (laughs) The more you laugh, the faster your enemy will run. Golden key. Golden key. What I mean by that is that, praise God for the word, but inside of every prophetic word, there will be keys that unlock its ability. The more you laugh, the faster your enemy will run. You can sit in this as long as you want to, or you can suck up your flesh, come on, toughen up buttercup, and start cooperating with the spirit of grace and have things turn quickly. Ah. I just see doors all over this room. I just, I just got caught for one second. Multiple doors. There's doors, 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 doors. There's doors in the ceiling. There's doors in the floor. But the doors in the floor have been locked shut. Hell's door has been locked shut. And heaven's opportunities is going to come upon you. If you're not in the frame of mind of the joy of the Lord, you're going to walk, you're going to be so preoccupied that you're going to walk past open doors of opportunity. Open doors. Uh, it's, uh, It's very strong. Very strong. The more you laugh, the faster your enemy will run. It is time. It is time. It is time. Laugh, laugh, laugh. Your tomorrow has come. Now, 